0: What's going on everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Dolphins in that podcast. I'm Daniel Yafusi. Thanks so much for tuning in. Quick reminder before we start, make sure to subscribe to the Miami Herald YouTube page. Like, share, comment, all that good stuff as well. Subscribe to the Miami Herald. Now we are back for our final edition of our trip around the AFC East the past uh, month. We've been taking an in-depth look at the Dolphins division rivals. We started off with Jets. Went to Buffalo to check in on the Bills. And now we're up north uh, in Foxboro to talk all things New England Patriots. And to do that, I brought back friend of the show, Phil Perry, uh, Patriots reporter uh, for NBC Sports Boston. Phil, welcome back. How you doing, man?
1: I'm doing great, Daniel. Thanks for having me on. You know, uh, we're used to off seasons here. Yep. We're the Patriots are like the first team you'd go to
0: and you'd (laughs) seek out
1: information on. And now you've waited until mid July to get to the lowly Patriots who everyone assumes will be uh, last in the division. And I'm not saying those people will be wrong. I'm just saying things have changed in new England over the course of uh, the last four or five years here. Most definitely. I mean,
0: again, uh, start off with the Jets because you know everyone has talking Aaron Rodgers, you know the the new hot in vogue team in the division. Um, the next with the Bills, you know, which, you know, uh, talking to Mookie Hawkins uh, up in Buffalo, and he was mentioning, you know, I mean, obviously the the Bills have won the division in the last three years. Um, and it really has been a changing of the guard. You know, for so long it was Tom Brady. What can we do to beat Tom Brady? Beat Bill Belichick. Beat the Patriots. Now it's like, all right, it's like an arms race in the AFC East, uh, specifically to kind of match up with uh, Josh Allen. Um, and again, it has been an interesting past couple of years post Tom Brady uh, in Foxborough um, and another interesting offseason, which, you know, may not be done, could could have some moves on the horizon. I mean, that's really where we're going to start um, again. Um, very interesting offseason for uh, the Patriots. We know that, you know, they, they finished third in the division last year, um, you know, have ups and downs with the kind of two coordinator system uh, You know, on offense. Um, they kind of go back to roots, get some familiar name in Bill O'Brien. But again, um, really what a lot of people are looking out for and kind of keeping their eyes uh, uh, glued to the situation with DeAndre Hopkins. Um, released kind of late in the offseason in free agency uh, from the Arizona Cardinals. Um, he did visit with the Patriots. Uh, I believe you know Matt Matt Judon was posting some pictures. He's been doing a lot of recruiting, um, but he left the facility, uh, Hopkins, that is, without a deal. And it seems like he's looking for a pretty substantial deal. Um, you know, given that you know he's still one of the top wide receivers in the league. Um, what's kind of the latest with that situation? And what do you expect? I mean, do you expect him to be in Foxborough when, uh week one, week one kicks off?
1: Well, I think I think there's a chance of that happening still. I do. Um, You mentioned his his market isn't probably what he hopes it will be by the time he puts pen to paper somewhere. Uh, I'm sure he's hoping maybe even early in training camp, maybe even waits that long a week, two weeks into camp to see. All right. Has there been an injury in Kansas City? Has there been an injury in Buffalo? Yeah you know are these are teams that I think I'm going to be able to go to contribute have a chance to win a ring all that and those teams even if they've shown some interest it sounds like it's the Patriots and the Titans right now that have been the most aggressive in terms of what he's looking for financially I could also tell you though Daniel the Patriots from what I've been told aren't going to be over aggressive here I don't think they're they're going to Give them the bag and just say, hey, we need you. We're desperate. Our passing offense stunk last year for the most part. And we need to get a a high caliber still, in my opinion. And when you look at some of the numbers, I mean, over 700 yards in nine games last year with with really poor quarterback play with Kyler Murray missing a lot of those games. Mm -hmm. You know, the guy could still play, but they're not going to be as desperate as Patriots fans, I think, would like them to be, you know, I think they look at Bill Belichick in a situation like this one and say, okay, Bill, you've built it a certain way for a long time. And you've been, you've been prudent and, and you've been conservative in a lot of different aspects. And you sort of picked your spots when to, when to get aggressive. This is one of those times they want them to be aggressive because last year is still fresh in their minds. And yes, they did add Bill O'Brien and yes, the overall product should be much better. And I think it will be, but I still think they need another receiver in there. They they've got a group of guys right now that are injury prone, um, unproven in some cases. When you look at Tyquan Thornton, and I think even Kendrick Bourne, Kendrick Bourne had a great year two years ago and basically fell off the face of the earth last year. Um, again, weird coaching setup, and so maybe you get a bounce back from him. But they could use another piece, and they've saved a lot of money the last few years. Daniel, that's what's interesting to me right now with this specific name in Hopkins is that Bill Belichick told us the day after the season ended last season, because he was asked a question about the big free agent class from 2021, which was Hunter Henry and Judon and Jalen Mills and Johnny Smith, I think was Johnny Smith. And, you know, they spent a lot of money. Devon Godshaw, they spent a lot of money, not, not any major stars really in that group. I guess you could throw Judon in there if you wanted to, but they spent a lot to try (laughs) to get competitive again and Bill was asked a question once the season ended in Buffalo this year, or is the day after, if he felt like he got, essentially if he felt like he got good bang for his buck there. And really that was all the prompting he got. And he went out of his way to say, well, if you look at the last three years, we're actually 27th in spending. So I know you think that we spent a lot two year two off seasons ago, mm-hmm. but when you look at a big picture, we really haven't spent that much. So, and I think he was using it almost as sort of a defense mechanism. Like, Hey, 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 I'm not, I'm not Mr. Big Spender here. Like, we're a 500 team. We actually have done pretty good, you yeah. know, based on how much we've spent. But I think fans are going back to that comment now, Daniel, and they're looking at it and saying, okay, you didn't spend for three years. You, you told us you were 27th in spending. Can we this go out and spend on this guy this now? The He's the there. He's available. Like, what are we saving for? Like, yeah. this guy became un- or, or available unexpectedly. Let's go do it. So there is um among the fans... And media, like I'm, I'm one of those. I, I I side more with the fans here. Like, what are you saving the money for? Is it like you don't you don't have you know Tua coming up for a deal or you, you know Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and T Higgins? Like Cincinnati's looking at it. They got to save money because they want to try to keep those guys around. You don't really have that in New England. So what are what are you saving for? You're 31st in cash spending for this year, and you're near the bottom of the league the next two. So um, there's a there is a hunger for Hopkins here in New England. I don't think it's it's matched in the Patriots front office. Mm -hmm. But I do think that people with the Patriots feel like Hopkins would like to play for Bill Belichick, that he did have a good meeting. He spent a lot of time with Bill Belichick in Foxborough when he was here. And so they still believe that they have a shot at him. I just don't think they're going to go above and beyond the way the Ravens did to get Odell Beckham. And it seems like, and it
0: seems like that kind of messed up the market. Particularly, it seems like he's looking for that type of deal, like a fifteen million dollar and guaranteed type deal. And again, like you said, it doesn't seem like the Patriots are really willing to to match that. But, but it is. It would no doubt be an upgrade, and it sounds like a very similar situation to what's going on with Dalvin Cook and the Dolphins. And you know, he would maybe like to. He he does have interest in in being there. The Dolphins do have an offer out there, but uh, and it seems like he has multiple offers. But it doesn't seem like it's the offer that he's looking for. So like the Dolphins aren't really. It's funny because they they've made those kind of all in moves, but it doesn't seem like they're willing right now to kind of uh, kind of capitulate and uh, you know make those uh, concessions. But you know, again, as you look at. Um, the, the nature of that depth chart, the skill position. I mean, it seems like, and even, even in the Brady years, like the level of skill time outside, of, you know, maybe like Randy Moss, you know, obviously you had uh, uh, Gronkowski and, and, and others. Uh, but it seems like that, you know, in terms of skill position players, the, the Patriots have always been lacking. And they did sign Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, I know they traded for Devontae Parker last year and they gave him an extension. They signed Mike Kisecki, um to kind of form that new kind of two tight end a duel with Hunter Henry. But still, like when you kind of compare it to some of the better teams in the AFC, you know, it's just it's just not cutting. And especially when you have a young quarterback in Mac Jones, who did have his struggles last season. It almost, it almost behooves you like, all right, like in the NFL, we've seen like you have to surround your young quarterback with uh, with, with, you know, high-end skill position players, if anything, just to see what you have. Like, that's what the Dolphins did to it. We didn't really know what they had in Miami. And then you add some continuity with Clay Collar, you add Tyree Kill, Jay Waddle, and then all right, you get a breakout season. Like, it kind of behooves them to add uh, DeAndre, just to kind of see what you got in Mac Jones and kind of a make or break year.
1: There's so much evidence to suggest that that's the way to do it, right? Whether it's Miami, whether it's, you know, if you just look at The last five years or so, quarterbacks in their third year who've made the postseason. So, year three quarterbacks who've had some success. Like, it's a pretty low bar. He made the postseason. Tua has two stud receivers and a real offensive play caller. Joe Burrow, two stud receivers and an offensive head coach. You know, Patrick Holmes. Like, we're talking about guys that, you know, Justin Herbert. Made the postseason in year three. He's got Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. And you could go on down the line. He's got Austin Eckler, too. And he's got, you know, like real weapons, real security blankets in difficult situations, real guys to go to on third down when you have to drop back and you can't scheme it up, even if you do have a talented play caller on your side. These guys have legit talent. I I would say the one quarterback who going into his third year had weapons that were kind of comparable to what Mac Jones has as if to say not that great <laughs> was Lamar. Yeah. Lamar in year 3 had Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown, Brown and, that and was, that's it. that's pretty right much it. like yeah. not much else. <clears throat> but Lamar's also maybe the most singularly gifted Physically, singularly gifted quarterback we've ever seen. (laughs) Yeah, in terms of running the ball, yeah. Capable of carrying an offense almost on his own, right? And we know that's not Mac Jones. Mac Jones needs some support. And if he gets it, I think we saw, you know, with the good coaching staff, and they didn't even have the weapons part of it as a rookie, but just with the good coaching staff as a rookie, he helps them win 10 games and he, and he puts together a pretty good season that had him kind of in pole position to really win offensive rookie of the year. If he didn't, he had a bad last month. Uh, and if he had just sort of been average, you know, he he might have won that thing. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's how they're looking at it now is they're saying, well, we got the coach. It should be better, right? And yes, that's true. But I think to really support him in the way that you need to really be a true contender, you have to add the weapons as well. That's another great argument for why Hopkins they should be finding a way to get him to new england yeah we well, are talking a lot also
0: about you know just the the, the changes with the offense and you know, bill o'brien being like the, the big um the big person there um again second stint with the patriots um it was funny cuz last year i believe we did discuss um this kind of experiment that they were having and, and i mentioned you know the, the dolphins are just like fresh off this not working at all so i don't i don't know even why they they went that route but it was very clear, along with you know injuries and whatnot, that like it was just a just not a not what you expect um from the offense. Um the early returns from OTA's offseason workouts, um, what do you see and what do you expect? Especially with you know adding Mike Kisecki a, a, into the fold. Obviously and the name that Dolphins fans you know, are very familiar with from this time here.
1: Yeah, you know, it, it's funny with O'Brien, I just um Recently, in the last couple of days, spoke with a, an offensive assistant who's very familiar with the Patriots program who believes they'll be vastly improved because they have O'Brien and because having O'Brien means having a plan, which yeah. is, I think, how the league viewed or it's the opposite of how the league viewed what the Patriots were last year, which was they were without a plan. They had a defensive guy trying to figure out how to call offensive plays and how to really build a new offense. They went out of their way to really change the offense from what Tom Brady had been doing for 20 years because it was complicated. And instead of really just stripping it way down and trying to simplify it that way and reducing the volume that Brady had available to him, they tried to change everything. And they tried to go with a Shanahan, quote unquote, style offense, Yeah, which, you know, I know. The Dolphins are running essentially in Miami. Although there's, I know there's a lot of differences between between what Mike McDaniel's doing there and what Shanahan's doing in San Francisco. You know, they I think they saw what the rest of the league was doing and said, "Hey, let's give this a shot." And just assumed that they'd be able to slap that together with two guys that really hadn't ever coached offense at a high level in Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. Yeah. And so it was very predictable the way that worked out. Now you have O'Brien. What we saw at spring practices, I would say Daniel is. Organization, guys, understanding where to get lined up. The practices were just more crisp. The ball hit the ground way less frequently. There was there was less stoppage and and trying to teach. And it just it looked bad early last year. And we said at the time, okay, I you know I guess you got to give it some time. But as we got deeper and deeper into camp, and you just heard from more and more people around the league that this was not going to work. It just became very apparent that uh, the outcome wasn't going to be good, and it wasn't but now with o'brien there's there's definitely hope And somebody like mac jones who was very open in expressing his displeasure with how things were going last year um he's practically skipping around the practice fields out there now daniel because he because he knows that he if he has questions he has a guy that he can go to who will have answers yeah imagine that in the nfl he, he didn't have that last year and so i think everybody's buy in and everybody's attitude is improved over where it was last year too
0: yeah, I was going to say the, the, the point about just not really having organization and a plan really stuck out to me in that season opener. You know, obviously, you know, the, these are two teams that are very familiar with each other, not only just for being division rivals, but, you know, um, Josh Boyer, who's, you know, since been fired. Um, But, you know, he has the ties to, to Flores and the Patriots and whatnot. And it just seemed like whenever, especially like week one, especially like whenever the Patriots were on offense, it's just like they didn't. They just had like you said, they had no answers for anything. Like, like we all knew that the Dolphins were going to come out, do zero blitz, put a whole bunch of people at the line of scrimmage. And just very, just not very often did they like seem like they knew what they were doing. It's like Dolphins were just doing
1: whatever they 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 want, uh, they, they wanted to do. Um so again, I think Wait, that- was it Daniel? Was it confusing to you when they had Nelson Aguilar and pass protection in week one when Mac Jones was basically getting folded like a lawn chair by the zero blitz? You're right. I mean, it was yeah, it was it was if it wasn't apparent to people. Before that game, you know, maybe they hadn't gone to any of the training camp practices and the video that we're able to take of that is all limited. Like, I think there were some Patriots fans who were like, oh, these writers, they don't know what they're talking about. They're out there for all these. They don't get it. They saw week one, what we had been seeing really for a month. Yeah, yeah. Again, I think that
0: and then we'll kind of get into this in the second half before after we uh, you know, come back from break. But I think that just having like competent coaching and, and I mean, the Dolphins can attest to that as well. Just having like competent coaching, a real plan and kind of really empowering your players with that plan can really raise, uh, you know, the baseline for your team. And again, I think with Bill O'Brien there, I'm not saying that they're going to win the division. I'm not saying they're going to be in the playoffs, but like um, just the competency of, of you know, Consistent coaching, I think, can go a long way, especially when maybe, you know, the the actual talent isn't up to par or isn't necessarily comparable with other teams. Uh, So we'll see, you know, what happens with, uh, you know, the kind of 2.0 of the Bill O'Brien experiment uh, run in in New England for sure. All right. Uh, We're going to take a short break, but when we come back on the other side of things, uh, can the Patriots compete in the AFC East, the AFC Beast, whatever you want to call it? Uh, It's going to be a division with a lot of eyes on it. Um, and as Phil said before, uh, a lot of people are kind of counting out the Patriots, but we're going to uh, discuss their roster and what to expect. So stay locked with us and we'll be back soon. What's going on, everybody? Still here on the Dolphins and that podcast with Phil Perry, Patriot support for NBC Sports Boston, talking all things Dolphins and Patriots as we take our trip around the AFC East, uh, wrapping things up in New England. Now in the first half, uh, we discussed the Patriots offseason, whether or whether or not uh DeAndre Hopkins will land in the Patriots' uniform, as well as what to expect uh, from Bill O'Brien as he returns as offensive coordinator to lead that unit. Um, now, in the second half, I want to kind of really go big picture pages before we kind of get into our expectations for the 2023 season. Um, because I, I mean, I don't know. I you know, it's the offseason. I'm watching a lot of you know, sports talk shows, network shows, and you know, they're obviously. Uh, opining on the Patriots and there was a lot of talk about maybe you know kind of some some pressure at the feet uh, of Bill Belichick obviously you know he's one of the greatest coaches of all times of all time um, but again you know the kind of returns and you know the results post Tom Brady haven't been very optimal um, you know again kind of some of the stuff I'm hearing is that you know uh, Bill Belichick, Belichick kind of you know this, this could possibly be his last year. He kind of be kind of nicely kind of uh, get his walking papers so to speak. Kind of uh, and uh, with Craft maybe wanting uh overall you know just heading in a different direction. Um, I mean, do you get a sense that there's any pressure under Bill Belichick? Because a lot of people you know that's always also one of the debates. You know, is it is the page of success more a reflection of Tom Brady or Bill Belichick? I think that you know it's it's obviously way more nuanced than that. Um, but Bill Belchick has been in Foxwell for a very, very long time, not as much success the past couple of years. Do you get a sense there's like any pressure from uh with him?
1: Yeah, there's no question. There's pressure on him. You know, Robert Kraft's been very open about the fact that he's not happy that they haven't made any noise in the playoffs since they won the Super Bowl in 2018. And I'm sure a lot of people listening to this would say. Yeah, it must be nice. Like, you know, if we won the Super Bowl in 2018, that was what? That was five years ago. Like, who, what do they have to be complaining about? But the standards are high here. And Robert Kraft believes that they have had what they've needed these last few years to be able to do more than what they've done. Mm-hmm. And so he's not looking at it that way. Well, hey, it might take us another decade to get back on top. And I don't think he's even asking for them to be Super Bowl contenders Daniel, I think he what he has specifically asked for, I know what he has specifically asked for in conversations with the media, is get back to the postseason and win a playoff game. And it's bothered him that they haven't done that now, again, since that 2018 season. Brady was here in 2019. They lost in the first round at home to the Titans. They've been to the postseason once since then. It was Mac Jones's rookie year. They lost in the first round to the Buffalo Bills. So there is pressure on Bill Belichick. What does he have to do to make sure that he is not on the hot seat? I think you have to get back in the playoffs at least. And then I think you sort of assess it from there. If you're Robert Kraft, if, if they don't do that, if they don't get back to the postseason, you know, barring some sort of like unforeseen circumstance where three or four of your best players, you know, miss half the season or whatever. And mm-hmm it ends up being a bad year. If there's no real good reason for it, other than the fact that you're in a, a hard division and they end up winning seven games, I think the last time I checked, they're, they're over under uh, in Vegas right now is seven and a half. If they end up hitting the the under on that and they don't make the playoffs again, it would not surprise me if Bill Belichick's not back for 2024. Now, that said, I do think they're going to be better than that. And I do think they're going to be right in the hunt right up until the final week of the season. I, they had me I actually go game by game. Daniel, I don't know if you've had to do this yet, but they've had me. go I, I game, like, by I'm, game
0: I'm a, I'm a football junkie. So I, I always do that. I was going to say, I, I got my predictions, but I want to hear
1: what you have. to well, say. And I, I had them at nine. So I had them at nine wins. And then you're sort of where you were last year, where nine wins would have actually gotten them into the playoffs. They finished at eight and nine. Yeah. Um, But are you really a contender? Are you going to make any noise at nine and eight? You know, who are you seeing in the first round? Are you seeing the Bengals or the Chiefs or, you know, like the Bills maybe again? Um, That's where it gets a little bit muddled for me. But there is definitely pressure on Bill Belichick, especially after how last year worked. And especially after Daniel, listen, like it was Bill Belichick's decision to move on from Tom Brady, right? The guy goes and he wins a Super Bowl the very next year. Yeah. OK, then you draft a quarterback and it looks pretty good and and things seem to be trending in the right direction. And then you make this completely off the wall coaching decision yeah. that everybody questioned immediately. And it played out the way everyone else. thought. It's really the one time it feels like a Bill Belichick's career where everyone knew it wasn't going to work and it didn't work. You know, usually Except he's the one guy who knows, you know, yeah. uh, so Kraft looks at that and says, you know, I I think there has been some trust that has been shaken Mm -hmm. um, at ownership's level. And so there, there needs to be some trust that needs to be re-earned. And so we'll see if he's able to do that this year. Now that, that Bill O'Brien's in the fold again, I think they're going to be, they're going to be better, but there's pressure on him for sure. That's interesting. So
0: when I look at this roster, two things come to mind. Um, The roster doesn't wow me. Like, if you if you do top to bottom, you know one to fifty three or one to ninety, you know we're entering training camp soon. Um, and if you compare it to even in the division, the Bills, the Dolphins, uh, you know uh, the Jets, and then you go the rest of the conference, the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Chargers. Um, you know you're, you're if you're kind of doing like kind of like a check, you know checking which position group is is greater. You know a lot of times you're decking the opposite team, not the Patriots. Um, but again, I will say. Competent coaching can go a long way, like even if I, even when I think about I mean, I don't want to say the, the 49ers because, you know, they have a really great roster. But, you know, when maybe not having as much talent as quarterback, you know, competent mm-hmm. coaching, getting the most out that. And I look at. Last year, this is an eight win team, not great, finished third in the division, but it's an, like as bad as the offense was and as discombobulated as it was and as much criticism as bill belchick got for um that operation it was an eight win team um that you know could have finished with the 500 record if they win their final uh game of the season against the bills and they gave the bills everything that they could take in buffalo before they kind of flamed out at the end and the, end of the you know, like second half of that game um so you get bill o'brien you get competent coach. like if, if anything i'm not saying he's gonna be a great i, I think that he was in his first name, I mean, he was a very good play caller, obviously having Brady helps, but I think he was a, he was a good successful play caller um, uh, with new England. Um, I, I don't think that, you know, like the addition of Juju and Michael can necessarily like move the needle, but like you bring in guys who can play. Um, And it, and really what, I guess what makes me really, really kind of more optimistic about the Patriots is that like, again, they don't have stars, but on defense, they're like, Top 10, you could say top five unit in the league, you know. Um, I mean, that's Bill Belichick's calling card, you know, defense. And, you know, if anything, you're like, you know, the defense is going to be in prime form. Um, you know, they I think there's a couple of questions in the secondary. You could kind of uh, you know, speak more of that. Obviously, McCourty, um, you know, uh retiring, you know, Jack Jones has his off field situation. Um, that's kind of uncertain. But, you know, if anything, you know that the Patriots are gonna be good. They're gonna be solid on defense. The question for me is like, have they done enough to stay to improve and stay on par with the rest of the AFC East? Because, you know, if you're ranking the roster, I'd say it's probably fourth, you know, I mean, it's probably fourth behind, the, I guess, the Jets. If you, I think it's probably Dolphins, Bills, Bills, Dolphins, however you want to put it, Jets, and then the Patriots. The question is, like, can you keep up with them? Like, you might like you might have improved, but the other teams in the dividend the conference may have improved a little bit more. That's the question. Like, I don't know if they've done that. And then I look at the schedule, and I'm like, uh, this is a pretty tough third-place schedule. I mean, you start off with the Eagles, and then you got the Dolphins, and then you got the Jets, and then you got the Cowboys. And then you got the Saints who, you know, win that game, but, you know, I don't think that they're going to be bad. The Raiders probably can't win that game. Then you got the Bills, got the Dolphins, you got the Panders. Like it's a pretty tough game. It's not like they're playing a bunch of bums like the, the whole season. So the question is like, have they done enough? Like, I'm not sure if they've done enough. You know, they it could be like, oh, well, they have another eight win season and they're better, but it's just like they're just not good enough to keep up with the rest of the teams in the conference and the division.
1: Yeah, I, I really feel as though this is why you should overextend for somebody like DeAndre Hopkins. Because it does improve your roster. You don't just get a guy who's all of a sudden going to be your best receiver. But now you're number one, whoever that is. I guess it would be Devontae Parker, maybe. Now he becomes your number two. Yeah. And now your number two becomes your number three. And now maybe you do have a mismatch somewhere else on the field. Maybe Mike Kosicki has a size mismatch running down the scene. Maybe teams aren't able to focus on him as much because they're a little bit more focused on Hopkins. It makes everybody better, right? It makes Mac Jones better. I think one area where Hopkins would really help them. Not that he's the most explosive guy in the world, but he's been a a, a pretty good first down option, meaning on third down, he, he's, he's going to be able to move the chains for you. And he's he's done that consistently over the course of his career. Uh, they need somebody who can help them stay on the field. What's, what's maybe most amazing about their defense last year. And I thought their defense was really good. Um, you know, even though they did not face a murderer's row of quarterbacks, really, outside of, you know, they saw Tua, they saw Burrow, they saw Josh Allen twice. They had Lamar uh, they,
0: early in the season, too, as well, yeah.
1: Yeah, so they, you know, and they got hammered by Lamar, and they got beat up by Justin Fields. So, like, you can you can pick at some of uh, their successes and failures last year. But they were, I won't go so far as to say playing with one arm tie behind their back. But some of the time of possession numbers in some of these games, Daniel, because they couldn't offensively, they could not stay on the field. They were giving away field position on a consistent basis, possession after possession after possession, opposing teams starting near midfield because they couldn't move the ball. You know, that that really was a factor in limiting the defense's success, I think. So I think they could have been even better. And I think they will be better this year because the offense will be a little bit better. Um, But to answer your question, talent-wise... They're they're not where those other teams are, and so they're you're expecting a lot from Bill O'Brien from Mac Jones to be able to elevate from where that offense was last year. Uh, and I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. I know I said I had them at nine wins. I'm not. That's not a confident nine for me. You know, like I, it yeah. is Bill Belichick. If if his focus is maybe shifted away from the offense, is he able to have them on their Ps and Qs a little bit more and some things like they were? They were bad in areas last year, Daniel, that you wouldn't expect Bill Belichick's Patriots to be bad. You know, substitution penalties, delay of game penalties. Uh, you saw the end of the Raiders game last year, with Jacoby Myers throwing the ball back 30 yards to, you know, to Lord knows who in an end of game situation, when usually that's where they've repped those things so many times, you don't see those kinds of mindless mistakes. But you saw them last year, I think because, Bill was spread too thin. Now he won't be. Maybe that is the rising tide that lifts all boats and and helps all phases of this Patriots roster. Uh, but you're right. I, not only in the AFC East, but across the NFL. I mean, that you know, if you look at their roster, I think it would be hard to put them anywhere higher than 25th. You know, something like that. 24th. I, you know, there's. Who are their stars? It's it's Matt Judon, who I wouldn't even really say is a star. I, I think he gets a lot of help in terms of how they scheme him up to get to the quarterback. You know, their most individually talented players are guys like you know Christian Barmore and Kyle Duggar, and yeah. um, I think Josh Uche is is a, one of those guys. It's a South Florida guy, but you know none of those guys are really proven yet or have done it on a consistent basis. So. um they're going to need players like that to really elevate and become almost all pro talent for them to get to, you know, this nine win plateau or this double digit win thing that I think some people are are hoping for here.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely an uphill battle. But,
1: but again, I think like, again, I look at the roster and I'm
0: like, the roster doesn't wow me, but you have pieces there. It's just a matter of like, you know, you kind of need. Coaching to really lift this group, and Mac Jones to kind of get back to rookie year form plus, you know, to to really, um, you know, get to
1: you know the, you no, know, get on the positive side of five hundred. Um, the the two- one area that might do them in completely, Daniel, and you might see it against you know Vic Fangio's Dolphins, is their tackle spot is a disaster you know it it just doesn't look it's Trent Brown Trent Brown and then I was going to say is Riley Reef going to be the the starting right tackle? We're not or? sure. It looks like it could be Riley Reef, it could be Calvin Anderson. Calvin Anderson's essentially been a swing tackle uh through the course of his career. Riley Reef, I've talked to guys that have coached him who are surprised he's he's still in the league and and they don't oh, wow. think that he has much tread left on the tires. And Trent Brown when he's right can be great. But he showed up to the mandatory portion of mini camp a day late because of a weather situation, I guess. And then showed up basically unable to practice. He did one drill. He looked, it didn't look good. He's a guy who's dealt with weight issues throughout the course of his career. Uh, and they basically kicked him off practice <laughs> field. It looked like uh, at a certain point, he walked off with a trainer after one drill and one practice. Wow. So, you know, I'm not sure how reliable he's going to be this year. So that could be the spot, especially again with Mac Jones, who's a, a pocket quarterback and he's got to be protected. That could be the one spot where if you thought they were going to have a strong season,
0: I was going to say I'm not I like, strong there. That could on paper, it. I like the offensive line. You know, I like Cole Strange. I like Michael and Um, like, like you said, Trent Brown, when, you know, the weight's right and he's right. You know, that's, I feel like if anything on offense, that should be kind of like a reliable spot for them. So if that, if you can't even get the offensive line right then, you know, it could be a long season again. So it's interesting to see how that shapes out. Um, two quick questions before we get out of here. Um, who is a rookie or maybe a young player um, who maybe Dolphins fans, NFL fans don't know, um, that, you know, could play a bigger role for the Patriots in 2023?
1: So I'll give you a couple names. You know, this guy's not a rookie, and he, but he had a double-digit sack season last season. It's Uche. And he is, he is really a, a situational pass rusher at this point, Daniel. Yeah, but I was gonna say I've
0: seen depth charts where he's not even listed as a starter, and I'm Mm -hmm. like, he had 11 sacks last year. Like, how
1: does that work? And he's he he probably is not going to truly start a lot of games for them because they just don't have him out there in early down situations all that often, unless the team's trying to come back and you know they're going to be chucking the rock all over the lot. But he's he's got a lot of juice off the edge. He's a great athlete, and he is he's become over the course last year or so very technically savvy to the point where you can see him giving offensive tackles sort of these mental fits okay this guy's so fast i gotta make sure i protect that edge but he does have he's sort of he's he's got some sneaky pop to him and i don't know if it's just hand placement or what because he's an undersized guy for sure um but you get used to setting that that edge to protect against his speed and he hits you with you know a long arm and all of a sudden you're ass over tea kettle and he's getting to your quarterback. So that's one name that I really don't think a lot of people know um that I think could have a huge season for them. Um the there's a rookie here that's getting a lot of buzz and I'm trying to to pump the brakes on him a little bit here because he is still sort of a tweener but he had a great spring. Uh, and this is the kind of guy that you know Bill Belichick likes because he'll be able to use him all over the field. It's Marte Mapu out of Sacramento State. He was their third-round pick this year, so Christian Gonzalez is the big first-round pick. He's going to start a corner for them right away, and I think he's going to be a pretty good player. Uh, Keon White from Georgia Tech was their second-rounder. Mapu is the third-rounder. They had him playing a lot of free safety. They lost Evan McCordy, so he's out. He retired. They need somebody to play back there occasionally. I think you're going to see a lot of two-high sets from them defensively, but they had him playing a lot of free safety, uh, but they also had him playing at the linebacker level. So, you know, guys like Duggar, guys like Mapu, uh, Jabril Peppers, Adrian Phillips, they have these versatile defenders. Tweeners, that they, like they I said, all over the yeah. field to try to confuse quarterbacks. And they might have to do that. They might have to, you know, we're talking about how much talent they truly have. If you don't have a lot of talent, you got to try to deceive people. Right. And I think that's that's something they'll try to do. Defensively. and Mapu could factor into that really early. So he's sort of that under-the-radar name that uh, could end up playing a real role for them. Got
0: you. Interesting. All right, last thing for you. Um, if the Patriots are in playoff contention or in the playoffs in 2023, it is because of this. And if they are out of the playoffs again, it is because of this.
1: If they're out of the playoffs again, it's because they couldn't figure out Their offensive line and you're right you know on paper especially the interior the interior i think is good and should be good and maybe that's enough to get them by but you know i i hesitate to even say mac you know protect mac jones like have that be the headline the offensive line period needs to be good they need to be able to run the football to be able to throw the football and create explosive plays the way they want to do it. One thing that really was missing from the offense last year was play action. And if you can't get downhill the way that Bill Belichick wants to get downhill and pull those guards and use counter and trap and wham plays and like all of this stuff that they got away from early last season. And then they realized, okay, we're not, we're not a Shanahan offense. Let's go back to the stuff that we were doing last year. Like let's forget that guy. So let's, let's change it again. Mid-season that, and, and then actually they found they were, they were able to find some success with that you need tackles who can execute that stuff. And I just, I'm not sure they have that right now. So uh, I'm looking at the offensive line. If they don't make the postseason, that's why if they do make it, I'm, I'm going to exclude the, the entire defense from, from my discussion here, because unfortunately, Daniel, I just, I'm not going to say defense doesn't matter. It's just hard to be a really good team without a really good offense. And if you've got both, you're you're elite, and you're one of the best teams in football. But usually, you can't just have a defense carry you to the postseason and make any kind of noise. So, that can only go so far with you know the great quarterbacks in the league. It's it's I I wrote about it recently, you know, and I used a lot of DVOA numbers for this, but you know, teams with top ten DVOA defenses, but non top ten offenses. They've gone three and 14 in the postseason in the last five years. It's just, and and none of those teams won more than one game. So, you know, the Giants were one of those teams. They had, a, they had a pretty good defense. Their offense was pretty average. And they made the playoffs and they won a playoff game. But that's not, they weren't a good team. Nobody's expecting them to actually do anything. You just can't get that far with a great defense. So if yeah. they get to where they want to go, which is make the postseason and maybe win a playoff game, it's because Mac Jones elevated himself into the conversation of being in the top 10 sort of range and and experiencing a leap like Tua experienced last year. Can he do it with the weapons he has? I think it's a very good question. And I I have my doubts. Uh, But I think he's a good player. And I think Bill O'Brien's going to get a lot more out of him than Matt Patricia and Joe Judge did. And I think by the end of this coming season, he might not be a lock top 10 guy, but you might be talking about him in sort of that Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr range where, where it seems like they are every year where, you know, he's Is he 11? Is he 12? I don't know, but he can get you to the playoffs, you know, that kind of player. Um, and that kind of player still has a lot of value uh, when you're on a rookie contract. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with Tua because they, they've got a really interesting decision with him on their hands too, in terms of what they pay him. But if they get to where they want to go, it's going to be because Mac Jones becomes a different guy.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's obviously again, why they brought in Bill O'Brien why they've been talking to DeAndre Hopkins. We'll see if uh, they do end up getting him. Uh, you know, a lot could change over the next couple of weeks before training camp starts and then obviously before week one kicks off. Um, so, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of interesting subplots up in Foxborough. Um, Phil, I want to thank you so much uh, for joining me to talk all things Patriots as we take our trip around the AMC East on the Dolphins In-Depth podcast. Well, that brings us to the end of another edition of the Dolphins In-Depth podcast. I want to thank you guys as always for tuning in. Um, as always, like, share, comment, subscribe to the Miami Herald YouTube page, as well as subscribe to the Miami Herald. Uh, we'll be back next week as we get closer and closer to training camp. Uh, start talking some Dolphins storylines ahead of a couple weeks of summer practices, preseason games, front practices. Uh, we got a lot to get into, uh, so, you know, you stay locked with us uh, at the Miami Herald. Uh, we'll talk to you next week, but until then, you guys take care. See you.